0: Are you listening to Discovery Debrief? And uh, so did I. It's Jason Isaacs, who was, at some point, some version of Captain Lorca. Right now, I'm just a fan. Ladies, gentlemen, and other fellow humans, welcome back to Discovery Debrief, a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Discovery, Lower Decks, and more. I'm co-host Chris Clow, and I'm joined by the other members of our bold panel of Star Trek franchise explorers, including Ty Monaghan. Yo. Rachel Clow. Hey. She's back. (laughs) And the wonderful even though he does not smell like bacon, Cicero Holmes.
1: That's debatable. Uh, Chris, (laughs) I I just want to tell you that like Christopher Pike, uh, I like my herbs organic as opposed to synthetic because you can't tell the difference.
0: There you go. That's true. Yeah. All, if, all if kept...
1: s- synthetic herbs are okay too, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and again, we're very pleased to be joined by deep reef friend and trexpertise scholar, Mr. Kyle Sullivan.
2: Hola. Como esta?
0: I'm a hot teapot. What's up? <laughs> yeah. We're going to get some scars going off of that. Jeez. That made me cringe. Um, so this is actually a pretty special episode because for those of you who are looking at the episode count, we are now at episode number 100 of Discovery Debrief. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not really doing anything special. I tried to see if Zaki would be able to join us to get the the old band back together. Unfortunately, he was not available, but we have most of us here that have been here since day one. And it's been quite a ride. You know, the entire sort of reformation of the Star Trek franchise has taken place over now nearly six years. And uh, and it's been fun being there kind of from the ground floor. Uh, we'll get into We'll probably be in a little bit of a reflective mood over the course of, of this episode. But we are here to talk about a pretty eventful occurrence in the run of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, as they all are. But this one, I think, was particularly fun but before we actually dive into our discussion let's check in with our panelists ty it has been a while how has your life in star trek been and i've wanted to ask you for a while because i remember you sort of making an offhanded mention of Star Trek Armada, which is a game that is kind of close to my heart, so I wanted to ask if you played that. Any other stuff, and then of course ask you about some recent franchise news, uh, not the least of which being the cancellation of Star Trek Prodigy.
3: Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's great to be back. Sorry, I have uh, missed a couple of episodes, but I always know the show is in good hands. I sure did download Star Trek Armada. Uh, I have not played Star Trek Armada. Uh, just due to you know, just being busy in in real life and stuff like that. That's half the uh, battle. Have, it's
0: waiting for you. That's you know, you're you're almost I late. will
3: say as a follow up of something we've been talking about on this show uh, at our check ins here, uh, we did watch Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Oh,
0: okay.
3: Last time we talked, I had watched Search for Spock, and I was not uh, very positive. On that movie, right? uh The Voyage Home was like, like it's really about whales, huh? Like, it, I mean, it pretty good. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a much better movie. But like, wow, it's just like, like coincidentally, they just show up at Earth, and they're like, oh man, this alien is like pissed off because the whales are like the whales are just gone, right? And then like, I was like waiting to see, like I thought they were going to have to persuade the whales you know like hey you got to tell these aliens like sorry we wiped you out because like they did right like humanity wiped out the humpback whales yeah and so like whatever this alien is pissed about it seems pretty justified and then they like get this one way like i don't know it just seemed really like uh i wasn't quite sure how it was supposed to work like it seemed I, I was expecting them to have to convince the humpback whales like no we're good now like you got to convince this crazy alien well, that, sort like, of good
0: with the humanity has
3: changed i don't know if i got all that like what?
1: So-, <laughs> so wait a minute was it was it it's been a while since i've seen star trek 4 but was it one whale or two two oh, yeah no i think it, it was, was crazy two. Yeah. okay all right yeah. Yeah. yeah okay it was two whales because you so got to perpetuate repopulate, yeah repopulate the species right
3: yeah no we really liked it i just that that was like kind of a pedantic thing and like maybe i seriously didn't miss that part of it but i just like I, I did think it was a much better and more coherent film with more uh to actually care about going on than just yeah. like some young spot. Clone, but maybe the real Spock just like shrieking for long periods of time <laughs> on this
0: planet with his face. The, the, I, I actually really like the practical effects shot in Star Trek Three of the the fake Nimoy that is like aging and his face is like, uh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in agony. But yeah. you know, it's funny. Just a, a brief Voyage Home tangent. I guess Nimoy and I think it was Nicholas Meyer and maybe Harv Bennett had Mm -hmm. to fight against a studio wish to include subtitles in the conversation between the probes, the probe and the whales. And I, I just, I would have loved to have heard what that conversation Mm -hmm. was like Um, the way that I guess I've always interpreted. And it's funny because it is totally open to interpretation was just like, once the the they beam the whales off of the bounty and you know put their, or they release the whales from the bounty into the ocean i figured i guess i just thought like the the probe was like whoa 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 <laughs> okay you guys are here now is everything okay we could we, we lost we, we couldn't get you on the phone are you fine like you yeah. had to come out and check and they're like yeah. oh yeah right. i mean we're, we're totally we're from fine. the past but we're back now so it's all good you can go back like thanks like, for checking in you didn't we're need fine.
2: subtitles you knew exactly what that conversation was about with spock <laughs> spock said listen you have to go to the future and bang to save your species and the whales were like yes we will do this <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll do this <laughs> We'll do this. So is what the ocean's wide open? Oh yeah, yeah. Northern yeah, no yeah, yeah. whales.
2: Yeah, let's. Oh, we, this yeah, is we got us. To. We can do this. Yeah, we I just to. like you.
1: Don't
3: think there's any risk of the whales being like, yeah, they wiped us out, and then they came back to the past and kidnapped us to try and like get <laughs> them. <you know. laughs>
0: like well, it's they like, were in captivity, right? And then they were going to be released into a dangerous world for them. So uh, yeah, I feel like Spock could have communicated that, like, hey, if you come with us. Like not only are you gonna be safe, but you can but like you can I bang. totally
3: agree that he could have, but it just felt really risky to me, sure it's yeah, <laughs> I, I, like, really,
0: really, really <laughs> a strange concept, but you were certainly not alone in like having a massive like at least, maybe not massive i don't I don't know, but that that movie is widely considered to be one of the better examples of Star Trek cinema, yeah, and I mean that was one of the movies that perpetuated the even number rule. And uh, it certainly helps give Leonard Nimoy some uh, some additional legs as a director. He's only on one after that, yeah. So I can't. Uh, keep, it, it, this might be bad of me to say, but
3: I can't keep track of all these various like throw-in Vulcan officers that are just like hanging out in each movie, <laughs> like. <laughs> One of them then, was Kirstie Alley one time, yeah, right? Oh, exactly. like, I got another subtitle
2: for the franchise. It's Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> too, too many Savics.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: Okay, <laughs> that's what I thought. It is, it, it's, it, there is, is it the same character played by multiple different people yeah. or something? Kirstie yeah. 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 Alley
2: got too big and she's like, screw yeah. you guys. Yeah. I'm not Basically. wearing ears.
0: I'm going to go right. talk yeah. to babies. So then Robin Robin (laughs) Curtis came in to play her in three, and then she reprised the role in four, and she was probably going to in six, but then they were going to do something with the character that, I guess, Gene Roddenberry vetoed. So they went with a different Vulcan. By the way,
2: Robin Curtis is selling real estate in in upstate New York now. Wow.
0: That's a tough Um, business right now. Oops. Oops. Oh, man. It uh,
1: depends. Acting acting
2: is a tough business right tough now. Tough business right now. Exactly. Them, hey-o, hey-o. Whoa, whoa. Uh,
1: so <laughs> we'll so uh, speaking speaking of Star Trek 4, I just want to say uh I want to see the Donner cut of Star Trek 4 featuring <laughs> Eddie cut. Murphy, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah, he, he was going to be cast who was originally supposed to be cast yeah. in Star whoa. Trek 4. I know. Yes. It would have been yes. like
2: the moment of the
0: 80s. Yes, oh, totally.
2: Yeah, Yeah, because
1: he is a huge Trekkie. Mm. Yeah. Huge Trekkie and was, yeah, was chopping at the bit. And I forget what it was that, you know, that kept him out of the film. But it was, you know, something. But, like, he was. uh, So what was this, 84? Uh, 86. 86. 86. He did. 86. So this is prime Eddie Murphy. This is Beverly Hills Cop. He ended up
2: doing, like, uh, uh, what was the name of the movie? The Not King. Something King or. Golden Child? Golden Child. No, no.
1: Oh, was it Golden Child? I think he
2: ended up doing Golden Child, Golden Child. Of, and okay. regretted it. I think he said as much right. too.
1: Oh man, Golden Child is amazing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, please, we you know we need Brother Nipsey. Still uh, would have been great. Still the, would have been yeah. fantastic. It's
2: not too late. He could be a captain on on Strange New Worlds. It'd be no problem. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah. The the other thing to think about Ty is that like that movie was set in the present mm. when they went to the past. It was set mm-hmm. in the present, yeah, right. Like, well, and the division of
0: labor on the screenplay was really interesting because, right. like, the bookends I think were written was by Harv Bennett, and then all the stuff in the eighties was written by Nicholas Meyer, right. and like yeah. he wrote in a joke about the level of pollution in the atmosphere being indicative of them cor- arriving in the correct year. Oh, if he only knew. But
1: right.
0: uh, <laughs> I just no. There's so much to love about Star Trek. Yeah. 4. I'm really glad that you got to watch it, and I'm really sorry about what's about to follow. In oh my mind. God! You thought thanks, Star Trek
2: Three was weird. I understand, <laughs>
3: the, I, I understand the bounty. I understand the the bus guy with the radio. Uh, yeah. It's all yeah. it's all coming together. You know, right, and yeah, right, and, yeah. Thank like you very loft. much, but
2: they're not the hell your whales.
0: <laughs> <laughs> double dumbass on you! I still want to show Double it. dumbass. It's, it's, it's the outline of I mean, the Enterprise with double dumbass.
2: On you. It's, it's, it is a Trek movie with some of the best lines in it. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nick Meyer had a. He must have had a blast writing. Oh those come on! Yeah. 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 Uh, i mean yeah well uh, yeah i'm i'll be very interested in your reaction to star trek 5 the final frontier to put it wildly uh, <laughs> you've heard of
2: the mariana's trench right yeah it's about that low <laughs>
0: the enterprise a has 86 decks or whatever it was when they shot up into the turbo shaft and the rocket yeah anyway it's well <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's pretty bad that's the thing that bothers you but <laughs> well you, mean, when you see did, the
2: scene you'll be like he was right yeah you <laughs> will, okay,
0: you, you okay. trust it us because not, o- not only do the like look as a, i can't help it as a star trek fan right not only do the <laughs> decks go up as they rise vertically even though you know deck one is the bridge and it goes down but it's like that ship is, it doesn't hold 10,000 people. And, and it's just another thing to throw We're do all, an entire pedantic continuity time about when
2: Star you Trek see 5. it, Ty, you'll, you'll know exactly you'll know. what he's talking about. you will be like, you, know. he's right. This is dumb. Like yeah. okay. Leonard, Des Moines, William Shatner, two radically different people. And you, you don't see that any more clearly than the difference between Star Trek four and Star Trek. 5. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, good my director. God. And- Oh, oh yeah. bad director. And I mean, and ne- and Shatner still says Star Trek 5 is his favorite franchise movie. And I just go, Oh my god,
2: fuck
1: launch
2: him into space. I'm done with him.
0: Yeah, well, we already did that.
1: He didn't work, he came <laughs> back, right. he came back, <laughs> what? Came back with tears in his ass. Oh, oh, right, yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> that's true. Apparently, the overview <sighs> effect was not a positive experience no, like for it. William Shatner. Yeah, that's how you know how big his ego is, man. Yeah. Yeah. He I'm saw sorry, he William. was small and didn't like how it made him feel. I'm, so, I'm sorry, William. Yeah. I'm sorry, William. But wow. Love love to Bill Shatner, of course. We he we, you you gotta love him at least a little bit. Well, um Ty, I did want to ask you about Prodigy because uh, you know, Cicero very appropriately went off on uh on Paramount Plus or yes, yeah, All Access if you wanna go do a throwback. Yeah. Um but disappointing news what's your take
3: thank you for carrying the torch on that cicero look do you guys remember google reader okay so google reader was a free rss reader made by google and millions of people used it all the time because it was great and then google canceled it because google just likes to cancel stuff no matter how much people like it and my relationship with Google has never, ever been the same. I'm not the only one that feels this way. It has never been the same since they canceled Google Reader. And I just feel like I can never fully, it's like so hard to fully embrace anything that Google does. I mean, that like that's a a loaded example. They have many more reasons to believe <laughs> that they're going to cancel a product that you like. But like, I feel that way about them canceling prodigy and not only canceling it but pulling it off of paramount plus yeah. after i convinced multiple people in my life to know seriously watch this show it is worth it and like multiple people were like man i got through episode eight and it was good and now it's gone and i can't even watch the show anymore and so oh. it's just like really it's really frustrating because i understand you know Star Trek is no stranger to this like collision between right. Like the ideals of the, like that the franchise professes are very much at odds with like the capitalist production, you know, that, that like leads to these like TV shows and movies and stuff with these like, you know, huge crews and like well-paid teams and stuff like that. Um, And I get that, but it's just like really disappointing and upsetting to see, you know what I mean? Like the real world, production realities collide with this show that to me was such just a, like this beacon of like light and hope and like this totally fresh take um like strange new worlds this week we're going to talk about it. it was fun it was a light pretty light episode for the most part um but prodigy was uh hopeful and interesting um in a way that I've just never felt from star Trek before. And I just feel like it's a huge, yeah, it's just a huge void for me and the, fr- it's just uh, this is a tough one. It's a tough one, man. I'm yeah. upset to lose that show. Um, Absolutely. And, and I, uh, I really, really hope season two gets picked up and that I get to watch it sometime soon because uh, I'm eager to do that.
0: Was it was, I think it was, there was a producer or one of the showrunners, Aaron Watkey, who he, he, tweeted recently uh about just like the content crunch, right? That a lot of studios are experiencing right now. And he said, geez, if mm-hmm. only there was a completed second season of a show from an established <laughs> IP that they could just <clears throat> deploy almost immediately. Too bad. Nothing like that exists. It exists right. right? Yeah, and it is a shame. Yeah. It's just, well, I did pick up like most, like a lot of people, I picked up the first half season one Blu-ray uh, pretty much right after the cancellation news was announced, uh, it quickly sold out on Amazon. Good, and they did announce that part two of season one is getting a Blu-ray release as well in September. I assume mm-hmm. at that point the fi- the episodes will also be made available a la carte via digital platforms. But I and 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 uh also too Star Trek Prodigy Supernova, a video game that was released for Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo platforms as well as PC. Uh, it was on sale in the Xbox store for 25 bucks digitally, so I picked that up too, just because who knows if they're going to delete <laughs> that from the storefronts, right? So,
3: Or they could do, hey, the game Rogue Company just released an update, and the update patch notes said, Switch users no longer have access to the game. So just because <laughs> it's still available on the store doesn't mean that you still are going to be able to... <laughs> Just play the game. I'm just saying. To the future, folks. Remember Google (laughs) Reader. Remember Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah.
0: Um, Well, you know, funnily enough, there was a show, a reality show that was on Spike TV back in 2007 that I actually liked called Murder. It only went for one season. It was hosted by a Texas homicide detective. In really like disturbingly recreated crime scenes from actual homicides, and it took a bunch of regular people and said, "Okay, you've watched CSI solve a murder." Oh wow! uh, They were not good. They were not good. (laughs) 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 You can't find that show anywhere. I bought it off of the Xbox Marketplace back in it must have been two thousand eight. I still have access to it, thankfully, because you can't find it anywhere. But hopefully, those games will stick around. Hopefully, um, well, I wouldn't bet well, on it. <laughs> maybe, probably, I mean, yeah. I mean, who knows? Ownership doesn't exist
1: anymore, right? I, no. I guess that's, you're that's, renting that's,
2: all this stuff from from yeah, people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of and course,
1: you're, you're leasing a license. Um, so, Paramount Plus used to you used to be able to go onto Paramount Plus and go to the categories, and you yeah. find sci-fi and comedy and rom-com. Yeah. And Star Trek, right? As a category, well, that also no longer exists now. The first—I don't know if this is because the 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 almighty algorithm, Hallow, it be thy name—knows um, that right? Knows that that's primarily what I'm watching on Paramount Plus. But when I go to the categories, the first category is sci-fi. Mm. Um, that that pops up. But uh, like, but it's not Star Trek anymore. I thought
3: they right? literally they, changed that when Halo came out because they wanted Halo to be on the front page with all the Star mm, Trek stuff. They, they wanted, wanted Halo
0: to supplant Star and Trek. And so they changed it to like,
3: sci-fi and they made what? it a page of Star Trek plus the Halo plus show. show. Paramount Halo show.
2: wants this franchise to do something for it, make a lot of money, but I've never seen a, an IP owner so embarrassed by its own IP. Yes. Right. It's so Good weird, idea. man. Yeah. Don't yeah.
3: forget to listen to Forward Under Quan, the podcast yes. featuring Cicero Holmes and Tyler Monaghan about the Halo show wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need yes. To
1: um,
2: it. I haven't finished it yet.
1: What? Uh, Forward Under Quan? Uh, it was a, 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 <laughs> title, a title that we thought was going to be also relevant. Um, to, and, and it turned out. You see, be, kids uh, in
2: capitalism, sometimes you get surprise endorsements.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: man well uh rachel yes. we need to check in with you because it's been a while <laughs> yeah, i mean you feel free to try if you want to but mm-hmm. what have you what have you been up to in, in your life you haven't been on the show
4: yes because sometimes when you have a toddler they steal your evenings from you <laughs> for times <laughs> and uh um, now I am getting m- my evening sort of back sometimes, so it's good. Um, that was why I was not here. Um, yeah, so what have I been doing, otherwise working and parenting?
0: Um, you encouraged a group of young scientists today.
4: I, yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> it's not that interesting (laughs) like i i was just like on in an alum q a for kids at my undergrad about um it's important yeah yeah about you know what just don't you know don't make the mistakes i made (laughs) (laughs) don't f it up
2: kids
4: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just yeah i mean i feel like kids kids these days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kids these days are like pretty I I feel like they're very smart about like being practical about their um careers because uh their parents aren't boomers. So like, like I don't know. Ouch. <laughs> okay well (laughs) Well, no i mean i just think that they like i mean like they've been alive for the last 10 years so they kind of like realize what sort of um you know economy exists we're not
2: buying houses or cars they're just trying to get to a cup of coffee
4: right right yeah, yeah i don't know i mean i just like i i grew up with boomers or just like you know like I mean, my parents are lovely it's not we, necessi- love, we love not children. necessarily yeah. my parents just boomers yeah. in general are just like just get a degree it doesn't matter which one like just do what that you love help. it'll be fine and it's like no 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 like you, yeah. you need to make
1: that's not <laughs> how capitalism works <laughs> <Right>. it's <laughs> not <laughs> but it 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 did for a while. Yeah, I
4: guess so. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, the 50s were great.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, exactly.
1: Eisenhower and the 80s. Some and, of us.
4: and the 80s. Yeah. yeah sure. Um yeah, uh so I yeah, I'm trying to think I mean we've been watching Strange New Worlds and it's I'm always so happy that when it's thursday yeah to watch strange new worlds and i kind of stopped watching tng at night what season were you on i was on the fifth or sixth season it was it's really good i don't know why i think i just i yeah i don't know why i stopped
0: you don't need it right now maybe
4: well i will start it up again i i actually i cannot remember the I think it's because Ezri was like, "Oh, it was staying up super late. I didn't have time to watch it for a while." Um, so yeah, so I did stop that, and then when she started sleeping again, I started watching like horrible reality shows at night. So
0: <laughs> not murder, but you know, maybe we should revisit. Yeah. murder well, I
4: did watch Dateline last night. That's which true. Is sort <laughs> of <laughs> <like> <laughs> <laughs> Speaking uh, of the
1: murderers, uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Real yeah. life, real life murder. It um, was
4: about boomers killing each other. Right.
1: <laughs> typical so typical you, boomer when behavior. You, when are yeah. you guys going to introduce Esri to Star Trek? Yeah. And what what order, like, how? where do you think the introduction will be?
2: I, I'm going to say Prodigy, but not today. All
1: right. Well, right. I got the Blu-ray. Well, you got the Blu-ray. Watch the first eight the, episodes, you know,
2: no. right? So, <laughs> oh, you like
3: the show? Psych. There's no more content for you until you're five years more mature. Get used to it. That's
1: life,
0: kid. <laughs> you you're, you're you're speaking to honestly a big insecurity I have because you know, obviously, to anyone listening to this show, it's clear where we got her name from, right? And. I feel like there's a big potential opportunity for some backlash to happen especially like in 10 years when she's a teenager. Oh yeah. Um, so I am trying to figure out in my head exa- like is this this is a thing that's taking a fair amount of mental power at least on my part. I'm trying to figure out what the best way She's got a little stuffed enterprise, a TOS sure. enterprise that she loves occasionally like if she's not busy with Elsa from Frozen or or the Mario Brothers she's got little stuffies of the Mario Brothers she'll pick up Enterprise and run it around (laughs) Um, but I'm not totally sure yet. She also
4: says Enterprise is from Star Wars sometimes yeah
0: but we but then she realizes
4: well I'm drilling Ah. it into her that Star Wars is Darth Vader she loves Mm. Darth Vader (laughs) Right. And Star Trek, Star Trek is Enterprise. Is Enterprise.
0: I look forward to seeing a, a high school essay from her about Dukat. That would warm my heart.
1: Oh my but, gosh! Uh, <laughs> well, she's like you. Like you think you have to wait till high school?
2: She's yeah, going to surprise you both, and, long and, long and long she's going to be like long. really into Farscape or something, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Or ba- Babylon, Babylon
0: Five is getting Babylon weird. Five, right? right. Yeah. It's getting my Discovery like Debrief like listeners,
3: history. were you named after a character in popular media? And when did you find out? Email us at frequencies <laughs> at discoverydebrief.com. We get emails from experience.
1: My Bruce dad Wayne. named me Spock. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Star Trek. Yeah. What a dumb name. <laughs> I hate listening to your
0: show because my father named me after... Odo, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Well, uh, uh Odo, yeah, Buchanan. So, um, <laughs> Odo Buchanan. No, no, uh, no. I,
2: I named you Jake because you were a big disappointment. Sorry, kid. <laughs> oh,
0: no. <laughs>
1: Is it too soon? Nah, not.
0: But yeah. maybe a little. Um, Cicero. uh Yes. I have to ask you just since we've reached the, we're in triple digits now. That's, yes. that's quite a threshold. You've yeah. been on this crazy ride from the very beginning. How are you feeling about hitting episode number 100 of Discovery? <laughs> yeah. D? Because you've gone on a hell of a journey with this franchise since this show started.
1: Yeah. Um, it, I, it, so I, I always loved, I always loved Star Trek and I always felt connected to the the like the religious dogma that is Star Trek even but like I didn't realize how how much personally I was aligned with what it meant to to really understand the tenets of of the Federation and Starfleet and and being, you know, being a fan of this franchise until I joined, join, you know, and and you know went on this journey with with you and Rachel and Zachy and Ty and and Kyle, um, and it really has enriched my life and it's become one of the the bigger parts of my life. It has become a part of like who I am. As as a human. Right. Like, the you know, the 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 things on my epitaph. Right. Like, you know, this is Cicero Holmes. He was a dad. Uh, He's he was a friend. He was a Star Trek fan. And he was these other things. Right. Like that was it really it really does kind of embody who I am. And it's as a result of of doing this show with you that I really felt like realized how how in love with this franchise I am um and you know and maybe it's because I'm in love with you guys, right but I think you know I'm in love with the franchise and I'm also in love with the people that i that I do this show with it is um it, it I have done a lot of i've done a lot of podcasting over the last ten years um I've been on a lot of shows uh th- this is the show that took the longest to get to a hundred episodes. Uh, um, Sorry. But, but, <laughs> but I, but I think that this is the show that aged like a fine one. And I think that, that our, I would put our hundred episodes up against the other hundreds of episodes that I've done on other shows. I, I, you know, I, I, I love being here almost the most.
0: Well, we love you too. Yes. Very kind words. Thank you, my friend. Um, Wouldn't be the same without you. You are the heart and soul of this show and I, I can't thank you it. enough for being a part of it. Uh, It's always a joy to talk to you in general, but it's especially a joy to talk with you about all the developments of, uh, of the final frontier. So Thank you, my friend, for being along for the ride. I really do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. well, thank you. Heart.
1: Thank you. Seriously, thank you for inviting me, man. Well, of course. And, no, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it really it was, you know, it was a fork on, on in the in the road of life that uh, hey. that I you know that I chose. It really C2E2
0: 2014, a momentous occasion go. for both of us. You <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, uh Kyle, speaking of a momentous occasion, thank you for being a part of our hundredth episode. Um curious about what's new in your world, but I also feel like you can provide all of us with a very unique perspective on the way that the entertainment industry is dealing with something that hasn't happened since the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, how first of all, how are you? I'm good. I'm on, the, I'm on
2: the right side of the dirt, as they say. Um gonna, yeah. happy to be here, especially for the 100th. I, I was doing a tally. Of how many discovery debrief I've, I've had the privilege of being involved in, it was quite a lot, actually. Um, so it's always fun. I love this little podcast, and I'm always yelling at you guys when I'm not on from <laughs> from the vantage point of my home. I was like, that's a dumb opinion, anyway. Um At me, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a good show, man. You no, got, that's good. I have. You, you got a really here. special uh, little energy going on here, and I really, I, I've, I've being involved in trek expertise, like i get to touch a lot of different piles of trek and like most podcasts in this franchise fandom is dreadfully boring this one is fun and Good. uh keep it up you know Thank and you. uh as far as the entertainment industry like what do you what do you want to know it's a cluster right now um yeah it's uh it's unprecedented to a degree um the, the five unions like the power rangers have uh not agreed on how to get there you go uh how to get you know forward together but two of them are linked up right now in a big way and it's stopped work everywhere and it's affecting everything i every i'm talking to people daily nowadays that are having to go home and can't get access to to cash flow for projects and Uh, movies are getting waivers. Some movies are not getting waivers and no one knows how long this is going to go on. My bet is like six months. (sighs) Uh, I know. And by that time, you know, we'll actually be starving for new content. So like if you're an independent filmmaker like myself, who's got stuff that's shovel ready, maybe now is a good time to start rolling some dice. But um, if you're connected to the union side of the industry, like this is weird and unsettling, and um, it's undoubtedly going to affect Trek. Like, that's completely unioned up. Uh, they, mm-hmm. They've all stopped. You know, I don't think there's anything they can do. If only they had an uh, a already <laughs> filmed second season of a show that they could Please. display yeah. in the interim, if only they had something like that, they might keep the hope and dream of Trek alive on TV screens but who am I? I'm just a a humble <laughs> well, camera uh, they, operator.
1: Kyle, they didn't have a chance to do it. I mean, you know, get off the case already.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I will say that I mean there there is like an irony there, right? Because part of the reason that they not only canceled it but pulled it off of Paramount Plus is because whatever royalties they're even paying under the current contract, right? Oh, uh, yeah. are, are not not something they're willing to keep paying out by leaving the show on the platform. And so uh, it, it's, I don't know if you have any insight into this side of things, Kyle, but I mean, it seems to me like, I, I mean, I, I don't understand where this goes because it, people have gotten used to watching more and paying less. And these these um, publishers and streaming services for the most part, aren't making any money. Um, the people creating the show and starring in the shows want more money. And I I don't see how that all comes together.
2: Um, Well, so back in TV times uh, they had the thing called the residual and it may or may not have been great, but like contract negotiations had been set. And so like you, you could actually make a living as a regular actor. You you can't do that now. All anyone who's not Brad Pitt is in second job territory, trying Mm -hmm. to make it big to where they could like, you know, put a down payment on a house. Like, when we switched to streaming all that residual stuff disappeared because it fell in the crack of the TV deal and so on top of that landscape where no one when creating new material people weren't getting the same kind of deals they are getting for TV on top of that condition we've had this massive vertical integration of the industry disney's bought several properties uh, paramount was scooped up by discovery warner brothers or whomever like it's all it's like it's starting to look like a small town in alabama it's like my grandmother is also my cousin and I, I can't where it goes from here is uh, it's not, AI. it's not good for the top. You know uh, there's a couple, there's two feathers in the cap for industry executives and studios, a little bit AI, although that's going to just create more mediocrity, but also there's a huge, huge overseas uh, production market where people are making stuff and they could just like go to Vietnam or South Korea and just start buying shows and, and squid games and just <laughs> dumping it on us. And, and we might be okay as far as entertainment goes. Um, but I, I personally suspect that the studios don't go anywhere from here. Like they have to capitulate. Uh, I don't, I, I think now we're seeing a moment like we did in the sixties and seventies where, you know, the, the powers that be f- stumble really hard and a bunch of guys, off in San Francisco or whomever, or Birmingham, they're like, you know what, I'm going to try my thing and then create a whole new era. Like, I'm talking about the film brat people like Spielberg, Scorsese, De Palma. Like, we're in a moment where if you're an independent person in this space where you're non unioned up, you're not connected to the industry in Los Angeles, like, now's a good moment. And the studio execs, they think they have all the power in this, but they, they really don't. But the reason they're behaving the way they're behaving is because they've already seen the writing on the wall. Like, all their material has gotten more conservative. Established IPs, established actors, established... They're not playing anything new. They're, they're constricting down to, like, things they know have worked in the past. And it's biting them. It's coming around and biting them in the butt. And it's not, that's not a paradigm that's going to work anymore. Established IP, people are tired of it, man. I, I heard the other day that Disney's even going to pull back on some of the Star Wars shows that they've been doing. And so, that's the writing. Those are the tea leaves I see.
0: Well, it's fascinating just to consider too the state of um, of like big budget top tier triple A cinema because Lucasfilm put out their first film since 2019. It's an Indiana Jones movie and it's bombing. Mm-hmm. Like it's bombing. There's mm-hmm. no there's no other way to describe. Well, I
1: mean, it, it it makes. Did anyone here consider
3: million. seeing the movie? Oh yeah, did you see it? it? I you did. Saw yeah. It?
1: yeah. yeah. I liked it. it
3: I have never been less interested to see a movie that I I know I'm so familiar <laughs> with the franchise.
1: Right. It well, it's because so Ty and I both Ty and I went to see Crystal Skull together.
2: <laughs> oh boy.
1: And and Ty and I A have true seen, classic. Right. Ty and I have seen several movies together um many s- some of whom some of which were awful. Uh we we went to see Your Highness together. Um, which was a terrible movie that we went knowing it was going to be a terrible movie in the right frame of mind. I and, have only
3: the vaguest sense that what, what you're talking about is a thing that happened to me. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. And it was, it was so bad it sobered us, sobered us up. Um, Ouch. Ty came, Ty came out of Crystal Skull. Uh, well, well, he and I both did. Came out of Crystal Skull. In disbelief, and and Ty was visibly angry, Vi- like visibly <laughs> angry. He was he was upset. He felt betrayed <laughs> by uh, what what transpired, and the only thing that we could always talk about is the space between spaces. This, the space between spaces lives in infamy with with within our within our group. That sounds um, like a crystal when, rage. <laughs> yes, for, mm-hmm. for for when things can't be found. But Ty, what I will say to you is forget everything you know about Crystal Skull. This movie is actually The dial that. is where it's at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This well, movie
0: is actually really they great. need they they also need to stop making movies for three hundred million dollars. Yes. clearly. Yeah, stop that um, crap. They're they've revived my
1: thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You, you,
2: don't you don't need for, it. You don't need it. Everything like, everywhere all at once, fifteen million dollar budget. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Barbie is less than a hundred million dollar budget too. Wow. It'll make that bad. They just revived oh,
0: yeah. its opening upward. So Rachel and I were joking back and forth today about okay, it's gonna be toys that are the next big IP that's that's gonna be tapped. So my thesis was American Girl that's a multi generational epic with sure. multiple characters in a singular Don't give that shit free Chris that <laughs> Operation directed by Lars Von Trier.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. That's gonna be what wild. <laughs> no, and then I, I found
4: oh out that god. this, like, they actually are developing like Hot Wheels with JJ Abrams.
1: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's real. So, yeah, it is toys. It is that's toys. Real. That's, that's what, where what are, they're that that going. Happens. We've got Gran Turismo. That's, yeah, coming, that's out. coming
2: out. And we've had Tetris. We've had Air. Right. We've had Grand, uh, huh? che- the Cheetos yeah. movie or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Blackberry.
1: Blackberry. Blackberry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, what yeah. yeah. oh, this,
2: yeah. this is what this is called scraping the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> right. Although I like yeah. Tetris quite a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we need to, I think.
1: Yeah, Tetris is, Tetris is really good. Blackberry is really good. Also, uh, uh, Kyle, what I'll say about this strike is that when it's all over, someone's going to make a really kick ass movie about
2: it. The, the strike, the AI strike. Yeah. I'll, t- yeah, I'll tell you this though: if we were worried about Prodigy, like talking about Star Trek if this goes for longer than six months, you're going to see a few other track programs fold. That's my prediction. And and it's not going to be strange new worlds and it's not going to be whatever legacy turns out to be. It's going to be everyone else is at risk.
0: The, the speculation that I had seen, I think it was either on deadline or vanity fair was that even stuff that is definitely coming is going to get pushed back because they're going to need it in the future. Like discovery season Mm five or uh, maybe lower decks. Although I don't really know how lower decks might, factor into things because from what i understand it's not very expensive to produce
4: animation might be different
0: yeah Um, it isn't but i think and well are
2: animators in sag no i think they're in their own union but like they get paid less 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 than anybody so like they're gonna have if they if they decide to strike it'll be like oh yeah we've been expecting you
4: i don't think (laughs) voice actors are in sag either or like that well i mean i mean they can be well like they can be in it but i don't think that it's like it's like a different union or
0: something. Yeah, it's Same. a different union. Who's in San Diego this week? I mean, I don't think it's very many. No. Comic book writers are not involved in those unions, so comic book yeah. writers are there. But Actors are dropping out left and right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Star Trek's got a panel on Saturday. Stuff. And Yeah, so we'll have to see how that goes well. I, th- I think, I think Kate Mulgrew just dropped out. I think that's what my wife was just telling me about. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, it would make
3: sense. Which if I were her, I'd drop out of everything. They canceled her show.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> Unless they're going to give her and and, and Dell like a live action show during the legacy period, which I wouldn't bet on anytime soon. But... Yeah. uh <clears throat> Well, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're in support of the creators who are striking. Um, Michelle Hurd is a vice president, I believe, mm-hmm. of SAG-AFTRA in Los Angeles. So she is mm. front and center, like right alongside Fran Drescher in trying to communicate what they're trying to obtain. So uh, Anson Mount has been very vocal about his his support of the, the strike and people are asking him what they should do and Uh, they're not calling for a boycott of streaming services, Mm -mm. but um, several of them are doing that themselves, at least based on public facing statements. So uh, it's going to be weird to see how things unfold, but I I do hope that uh, they, they get what they want in the fullness of time. So I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty fair for all of us to say, Uh, don't want to speak for anybody. Of course.
4: I think rather than boycott the, um, the streaming services you should only watch scripted stuff on, yeah. <laughs> on the
0: streaming that's, services
4: yeah. so that their numbers are like oh shit right. this is all that people want yeah
0: that's right right not, not, not these the or
4: the or
1: the reality shows that you had already planned on watching like big brother <clears throat> uh, <yeah. laughs> <Excuse me. laughs>
3: i think what they should do is release the paramount plus prodigy pass where Tyler pays, I don't know, what do you want, 50 bucks? $100? Give me season two of Prodigy back on Paramount+. Plus. I think that would really solve this whole impasse. Grease,
0: grease the skids a Just little bit. Just a suggestion. Bit, right? yeah, of course. Well, so, uh, we do have an episode to talk about. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> Welcome to episode 100. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, but th- you know this one is, is got a pretty you know fun, got. fast <laughs> pace to it, so I think we'll probably have have a good time talking about it. So let's move on to our discussion of episode five of Star Trek Strange New World season two, charades. <laughs> Well, as usual, these episode descriptions come from the fine editors over at Wikipedia. They're very svelte, but they also gloss over a lot of things. So there's some things that we're going to have to go back to because it just barrels through the plot as usual. So let's begin. Spock and Nurse Chapel are nearly killed when they encounter a portal created by a higher di- dimensional race, the Kirkovians, who heal Chapel but accidentally reconfigure Spock's half-human, half-Vulcan physiology to that of a full-blooded human. This happens as Spock is preparing for an engagement ritual with his fiancée T'pring and her bigoted parents, T'pril and Savek. Words of the uh, of the summary, not necessarily mine in terms of describing them as bigoted. I don't know if her father necessarily counts in, in that, at least based on what we saw. But this was quite a setup. Um, how did your expectations with the beginning of this one end up reacting to the final product here, which for the most part was a bit of a comedy we've seen strange new world sort of dive into that kind of uh genre before and we are definitely going to see the show do it again in a couple of weeks um rachel why don't you start us off what uh what did you make of the more lighthearted tone especially considering that it started with like a critical injury for a principal character
4: i mean you didn't actually see him
0: well injured, no sure. though. yeah
4: um yeah i mean i guess it wasn't my first favorite setup it seemed like super silly to me (laughs) like uh i get that it was supposed to be comedic and it was funny and i did laugh but i i was just like the word sweaty comes to mind like yeah like like they were like really sweating to like find we gotta find a way to turn spock human (laughs) like because that's what's written on the whiteboard. Um, so that's just that's just how I feel. Um, but yeah, it was funny. All right. Sure. Cool.
0: Uh, Ty, how about you? How did you feel about this uh, setup, especially as it led into something more comedic?
3: Well, I don't know about his father because, you know, acquiescing, going along with bigotry, Chris, just as Fair. bad as Fair. instigating the big he was a real uh pushover um yeah i i i on paper, I feel like I should agree more with rachel because it was so corny and and like uh but like I don't know, I liked it, I like a quick setup uh I like a to the point uh you know setup where you it's just like okay, we're just here are the cards right, uh and this episode's gonna be about how we play them, not about like concealing the cards right and i also just thought it was kind of funny that like this is like interdimensional portal like tunnel thing through subspace or whatever that leads to this like secret race and they're just like yeah whatever we're not even gonna really (laughs) investigate that right like we just bumped into it there's this accident and like we gotta fix that like i thought that was a little like there's this whole uh, like, clearly very interesting alien species with all these protocols and stuff. And we really, like, only interact with them for the sake of, like, yo, you guys messed up your repair yeah. job here.
0: Look, we fixed it. Just go away. Your all call right. is very well, important so, to us. <laughs> so <laughs>
3: patient for people with this serious set of protocols, you know? It's like, they, they really... Just sat and and listened to Chapel for like a long, long time. But sorry, I'm jumping. It's it. probably an AI chatbot
2: from another dimension.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 100% Alexa, 100% plausible.
0: Uh, Cicero, how about you? How did the intro uh, correspond with the majority of the episode's material?
1: Uh, like Ty uh, on paper, I agree with Rachel. I should, um, but yeah, well they like they they said it with. They, you know, they they set the plot to MacGuffin and, and, you know, and then I was like, oh, these are the hijinks, right? <laughs> like, so, um, you know, like I know, <laughs> uh, you know, I know that by the time we get to the end of this episode, Spock will be a, a, a full Vulcan again, right? Like, duh. Um, so let's, <laughs> you know, let's see how this all plays out. Uh, you know, it's not it's it's not the destination. It is the journey within the confines of this episode. And again, it it makes me feel good because they're able to do that kind of stuff as opposed to like I just really love the 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 uh, the this, this serial oh the proceduralized version of of Star Trek because we can we can have all of that that stuff that we that they usually stretch out over three or four episodes in you know in an act and and we can move on to more things and and by the end of it we're we're done and it's and it's awesome
0: and not stretching it out over half a season
1: right? exactly yeah. exactly
0: uh Kyle how about you I'm curious first of all you know, season one had a pretty notable comedic episode too. It just—it se- seems like Pike wears the wraparound whenever they're going to be going for humor. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, it's
2: a—it's a gold flag.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, how do you think Strange New Worlds is doing with the more humorous sides of things, particularly you know, since the franchise it does have a lineage with comedy, going back to oh, yeah. well, the Trouble with the Tribbles. But yeah. so how, how does this this material compare for you? I
2: I think that everything that strange new world is doing that feels like it shouldn't work on paper somehow does like in this moment when Spock's in the bio bed and he sits up and he's like, ah, I feel I'm like a Tumblr resident. I have the feels. Um <laughs> My eyes did my, automatically responded to that moment by beginning the process of a yeah. rolling yes. in my sockets. But I found something curious: is like as my eyeballs were grinding <laughs> through the inside of my sockets, I thought, "That's a really nice feeling. I like this." And besides, <laughs> I, sh- I I ship uh, <laughs> Chapel and Spock. I okay. I'm a sucker for sci-fi, and I'm a sucker for romantic comedies. And like, I I was like, why? Why now, Kyle? Why are you enjoying the stuff now? This this shouldn't work. It it shouldn't have worked. It did.
1: Well, let me
0: roll
2: into she's, my next she's, question she's for she's you. Just then. a
1: nurse, oh, sti- yeah. sitting sitting in an inter interdimensional portal, telling telling a half Vulcan, half human that she might kind of like him.
2: Yeah, come on. you remember the whales from the twenty third century? We could be doing that right, right now, right, Spock.
0: Right,
1: right, right. <laughs> Let's save our species,
2: well, right?
0: Spoiler alert we'll 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 get to we'll get to the end of the episode soon <laughs> enough. But uh, that does bring up it's an excellent segue into my next question, because Spock and Chapel do have a lot of history going back to TOS, but the tension that underpinned their relationship there was a bit subtler than it is on this show. Um, but how do you feel about that relationship progressing? on its own and how well do you think it folds into what we already have been aware of regarding their dynamic?
1: Who are you asking? Oh, Kyle. Yeah. Oh,
2: um, I like it. Like, uh, you know, I like Majel Barrett. She's the queen. Of course. Uh, and her portrayal of chapel is great, but like, she was very, Subdued because of the times they were in. She was a very she was a character completely in service of Spock, and I think that Majel Barrett had said something to this effect uh, in some interview somewhere. But like, uh, I they're reimagining Chapel, staying completely in the canon, and and giving her her own agency, and it's kind of delightful. Like she's a surprising character to me. Like as soon as you saw her on screen, that actor it was just killing it. I was like, oh, this is the direction we're gonna go, and every everything she's done has been really solid and so i've i don't know i i like the way they're playing with it and Mm -hmm. i love the performance this was a very actor fun episode the performances were great and she you know above all her and beefy spock he is beefy spock by the way
0: (laughs) yeah that's true uh rachel in terms of uh the chapel Spock relationship. Are you, are you buying it? How do you think that is, before we get to the end, obviously we know, we'll know what happens at the end of the episode, but how is this progressing for you? Con- especially considering what we already knew about their dynamic in the past.
4: Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of recontextualizes their dynamic as being like, it seemed like it was like an unrequited love that chapel had for Spock. And now it kind of seems like maybe they dated and broke up and that's what, that's what you're reading there. Um, so definitely easy to head canon in if you're, um, if you're interested in such things. Uh, but yeah, I, I like them together and, and I'm, I'm totally happy with that aspect of it. Sure.
0: Yeah. Ty, uh, Ty, yeah. Blah. Ty, uh, how is this coming together for you? Because I know that uh, you were rather taken, enchanted, by T'pring. Um Yeah. <laughs> that, was <laughs> loaded. Little, uh, that was a loaded response. So how, how is the sort of exploration? Because you haven't really watched much of TOS. You didn't seem to have uh, much of an affinity for it, to be fair. Um, it had its moments. So but, you yeah. don't you don't necessarily have that baggage. So how's the show doing on its right. own establishing the Spock Chapel relationship for you? Uh,
3: yeah. There's nothing better than watching like a super competent, good looking guy uh, have the problem of two super competent, beautiful women who are both really, really into him, uh, and he can't figure out what to do about it. Uh, I really like I. I I'm saying that like kind of sarcastically but it really is like I do think it's it's working well for the show and I I like do really actually empathize with the situation he's in where he's got like a great um setup with T'Pring right like he's he, on paper like he's got it made um she's she's awesome right um and the Starfleet thing makes their relationship challenging and then he's got Nurse Chapel that is like his coworker that he sees day in and day out and has to actively avoid if he doesn't want to bump into her all the time. And it's just so like, it's so day to day, you know what I mean? It's so like the office, but on a starship and it's such an identifiable situation with characters that we think of as being, at least with Spock as being, you know, so detached from like our normal day to day human experience. And so to see him, go through that normal day-to-day human experience and like with the added layers of like him being a human at various times and losing his emotional inhibition, uh, you know, abilities at other times and stuff like that. Uh, but it's like, it's, yeah, it's all really, really working for me. And I do, yeah, I do really like to pring. And I thought, um, I really empathize with her a lot in this episode, especially to jump ahead again at the end.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely uh it, she's someone who's definitely being recontextualized i think is pretty fair to say uh that'll be very fascinating to see how it unfolds in the in the seasons episodes and seasons to come uh Cicero, and i should also say my
3: sorry my, my wife who's always been very like uh you know she's very good at like picking up on themes and kind of like predicting things especially when we were watching uh picard she she just loves Nurse Chapel and I think it's fair to say really likes uh would would probably also say that she ships Chapel and Spock in this series.
0: Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a we got a common thread that's emerging here. It seems. Um, Cicero, how about you in terms of the way that the show is is playing with this relationship, the wiggle room that is in canon? How is all that stuff coming together for you?
1: Man, I hate this shit. Uh, like, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't stand it. Um, no, nah, man, it's it's awesome. This is uh, they're they're beautiful people. This is it, it. It is such a WB thing, right? Like Ty is completely right. Right. It, this is this is our WB moment. We've got three beautiful people that that um, you know, uh, one person loves, the, o- all three of them love each other and respect each other equally. Um and you can you can see any of them, any of that configuration legitimately being together in a in right. a uh committed relationship um at any particular point and you're not wrong for for putting any of them together at any point. Um and they'd all look beautiful together, they'd all make beautiful uh mixed race, mixed species <laughs> It's species. only logical. Uh, Right, right. Um, But like, the relationship is cool. Uh, All of the relationships are cool, and uh, I'm, I'm, you know, look, I'm here for it. I love the fact that we're able to get more about these characters um, from, you know, like playing within the canon, right, and uh, and trying to figure out. Where where that break comes, mm-hmm. right? Like you know, where the break comes from Spock into Pring, and where that where the disconnect happens between Spock and Chapel when we when we meet them again in you know in season one. It, of it's Tino when
2: West. James Kirk takes his shirt off for the first time in front of Spock. There you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He has that effect on people. He does. Yes, he does. That's it's, true. it's a tough. It, it's a tough burden.
3: wait what'd you call it the perspective the uh what is it called the perspective effect what do you
1: oh the uh you
3: realize you're you're so small (laughs) yeah there you go
2: uh, so transformational
0: (laughs) what does god need with a (laughs) t-shirt (laughs) <laughs> yeah. The the tearing uh such a common thing. Um well let's let's move along with the plot. So Spock's human mother, Amanda Grayson, boards the Enterprise to help Spock prepare, only learning of her son's newfound humanity after coming aboard. Spock does not t- tell T'Pring of his condition, hoping not to worry her and relies on the crew to help disguise himself as Vulcan and stall the ritual until a cure is found. Um the thing that I think I loved so much about this element of the episode at large is that the crew is so earnestly trying to help Spock, whether it's to get him back in the groove of his prior activities, which is what we see from captain Pike, continuing the cooking lessons uh, to everyone else working on getting him back to something of his original persona. Um, how did you guys feel about that crew dynamic? We've already spoken a lot about the effectiveness of the show and building the crew's personalities but in terms of the way that those dynamics are paying off and the performances, because Anson Mount is hilarious. Uh, yeah. I mean he's he, he proved that last year in a couple of different spots you know when he was the the conniving friend of the king in the fantasy episode and then when he's actually like playing a diplomat on Starbase one. but here it's just like confoundedness and he contorts his face in a way that's just really really funny uh how does all of that stuff uh, come together in terms of building the crew's personalities and just the performances that we got to see from everybody uh Cicero, please
1: yeah uh they're all beautiful right they they're all they're, they're all, all wonderful yeah. right they're all wonderful actors they they all do uh things really 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 well um the the comedy the comedy was there but but also i think like the there was a lot of humanity there obviously with you know with with spock being human but i but what was funny to me was how human the well all right i, I guess I, I I won't go i won't jump ahead what i'll say is for at least this moment, it was very my fair lady. Right. Like I was waiting for Spock to say, you know, the you know the the, the rains in in Spain fall mainly on the plane or something like that. <laughs> um so yeah maybe it was like my fair Vulcan. But like it was like those moments are, are great and they and they are they play really well. Um Anson Mount is is Wonderful with his comedy because you don't expect pretty people to also be funny, right? Like you can't do everything. Yeah, Um, and and yeah. So like, uh, when when you when you do it, it's just like, oh man. All right, yeah, and that too. Like, all right, fine. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and that's what we got. Right. Right. Exactly. That's, that's what we got. You know, oh, do I, do I really sound like that? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really impressed with, uh, I can't remember Ortega's the, what the actor's name is, uh, but, Melissa Navia. That, but yes, Ma- Melissa Navidad. Yeah. Yeah. Just like her ability to raise her one eyebrow. Like I'm still trying to do that. Like, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's, it's, really that's remarkable it's it's fascinating fascinating, fascinating. yes yeah. it's fascinating
0: rachel how did the humor from the the crew in particular work for you and and what was your favorite performance from everybody that wasn't the principal characters for this one
4: um i really liked the scene where they were all doing their spock impressions yes yeah. Um, that was very funny and I always like when Anton Mount has a chance to get comedic with things um, I really liked his uh, his facial expressions during the uh, the ceremony mm-hmm. were gold um, <laughs> and just his. His very earnest, like, trying to make his food. And, like, i <laughs> like, so sad when they didn't want to eat his food. <laughs> I felt yeah. bad for
1: him. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Uh,
4: uh, relatable. Relatable. Um, <laughs> Chris.
0: That was at me, but that was directed at Wow. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little subtext uh, there. I see. We we
4: catch right. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I make things and I'm the only one that eats them. Like mm. Ezra won't eat it, Chris won't eat it. It's It's not that I don't you don't have to defend yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> basically, I get it. I enjoyed the humor, so that's my take. Okay,
0: let's move <laughs> along. Uh, Kyle, what did you think about uh, the, the way that um, that the crew was sort of structured in terms of how they were peppered in and the performances, of course?
2: Uh, well, f- first of all, you mentioned Amanda Grayson, right? I don't think we're prepared to acknowledge how hot Spock's mom is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. And, and like, you suddenly,
1: got it
0: Mia
2: Kirshner, <laughs> Spock as a mama's boy. It, it all clicks together. Now I understand his character. Um, <laughs> I, I think mm-hmm. I think the humor uh, worked really well in two, two layers. The meta layers that the actors are all great. Uh, I, I love the Anson Mount when he suggests charades and then like, he immediately is like, you idiot. Why did you do that? <laughs> right. Just with his face, you know, his face is nice. Um, but in, in the universe, the, the characters all really like each other and that's what it came through. Like no one was in conflict with each other. They they're putting up with Spock's, whatever his Tumblr experience, uh, because, because they like him. And that that was the real heart of it. You know, Anson Mount was struggling with that Vulcan food and like, what captain is going to do that? Would Picard have done that? No. no, no. Riker is out to see if if something like that comes up. And it just shows you how much everyone likes Spock. And that's not, that's not a side of Spock we get to see that often. So it was really kind of, not the comedic stuff, but like the, the crew reaction to Spock in that moment of helplessness. And I
0: really dug it. It yeah. worked. Arguably, these people might get him more than the crew that he will serve with later. Yeah. Uh, which is really interesting to yeah. me. Kirk never um, cooked for Spock.
2: No. He just keeps no. taking his shirt off.
0: All Kirk probably <laughs> ate was bacon. So,
1: you know, <laughs> Canadian
0: bacon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Speaking, speaking, speaking of Kirk, uh, we'd be remiss if we did not mention the the Kirk scene. Uh, with with Spock in the ready room. <laughs> oh, Kurt's, don't touch Kurt's. me, Kirk! <laughs> right. right? Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that scene that scene made me laugh really hard. We're um, we're, we're
0: going to talk about Mr. Peck <laughs> in just a moment. But yes, right. Mr. But Pecks
2: right. is Mr.
0: Pecks. Yeah. Mr. Pecks, it's Mr. Yeah. Pecks, yes. yeah. uh, grandson uh, of Gregory Pecks, of course. Yes. Um, That's right. Ty, how, how about you? I mean, you've uh, you've talked a lot in the past about uh, your enjoyment of the crew dynamic, and they really push that front and center in this episode. Uh, was this uh, more good stuff? Would you take issue with yeah. it? Was, yeah, yeah.
3: I, I, yeah I really liked it and I'll just pick up with uh kind of what you and and Kyle were just alluding to which is like i for me also the memorable scene was everybody doing their Spock impressions and what was beautiful about that scene was like they're they're showing him so lovingly what makes him him like they're they're telling him not just how to pretend to play this role but the role is like him like the normal spock that they are crewmates with and that they love and that they love spending time with and so they're like they're having fun with it right but they're explaining to him what makes him the person that they so clearly love and i thought that was just like a really beautiful thing to watch and i think it's also so obviously what he does not have with tepring when you see the two of them interacting um and again i just really like that that really hit me, like uh, watching the scenes where Spock and Topringer together in this episode. I, I really right. um, identified with in in different ways. Um, and and just quick shout out also to uh, yeah Spock's mom. Uh, I know her, <laughs> she's got it going on. I know that actor best as uh, I think her name is Mandy, uh, a, a vicious terrorist in the show Twenty Four. Uh, oh, for yeah. multiple years just like a just like a murdering mastermind um and so it's always funny to see somebody that you know in one role playing uh something completely different, totally different. uh yeah. many years later wow
0: that's funny <laughs> well uh not only do we get some fun continuity callbacks like to paul's famous nasal numbing agent makes a return in the 23rd mm-hmm. century which uh which i had a, well i got a big kick out of but this Ethan is all Peck- news to me Oh, smelliness, I mean, right. yeah, of course. Well, to to come to come for you, I'm sure. But um, <laughs> Ethan Peck showed a lot of range in this episode. You know, I mean, Spock for an actor, I would imagine, would be a pretty difficult part to play. Um, because I would imagine in some cases, maybe it can get monotonous, especially like Spock at this point in his life, he gets some more humanistic flourishes later in his life, but that's a long ways away considering where strange new worlds takes place. Um, but tell me about how Ethan Peck or Pecks, however you want to put it is doing from your perspectives, just embodying Spock, arguably the icon of the star Trek franchise at large. Uh, how is this going, especially now that we've seen a slightly more comedic and more humanistic side, certainly, uh, in, in in this performance in particular? Rachel?
4: Well, I think he's excellent. I think we were talking during the episode um, that you were like, I'm so weird that it's so easy to accept him as Spock, given that we've had two other Spocks before. Yeah. <laughs> um and definitely showed range. It was so I- interesting how he was able to play all the different states of Spock's be feeling emotions versus not feeling his emotions, but actually, fe- it's yeah, it's just. Um, What's really that wonderful good.
2: smell? Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah just um, I don't know. And it seemed like it was probably really fun for him to oh, sure. Play this episode a lot of fun um and then so your your uh your nasal numbing agent thing has just sent me spiraling that i think do you think spock's dad is like a nasty freak who has like a fetish <laughs> for human stink <laughs> like, yes yes, yes. Totally. please um, let that be camera that's, that's, to- I mean, he marries
0: another human. Mmm, I Amanda, mean, you smell totally so
2: good. Human. Like yeah. Human. I'd buy it.
1: How would you finish that rhyme once you go human? Plus
4: 25 points
2: to Rachel. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah.
4: it's like spiraling out of it like if humans supposedly just like fully stink and like you marry one like oh like you gotta like it in star trek
0: 2009 you gotta change the scene from you asked me why i married your mother i married her
1: because she had the right stick
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this adds a whole just just a whole layer to a lot of different events for yeah, me yeah,
4: it really does it really does is like, <laughs> Vulcans are always so like mean and like jerks like <laughs> they just in every interaction trying to humans.
0: end the smell as quickly as possible
3: <laughs> like in the part. like in the Kelvin movies when Spock like is like I'm not going to your Vulcan Academy like screw you guys I'm going to Starfleet and they're all like oh god they're all like so <laughs> scandalized like and now I'm like you know, like, that's what they're all whispering. Like he's, he's a freak like his dad.
2: <laughs> oh, he's one of those Vulcans who likes the snow. nasty.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, Spock did choose Christine, too. So, I, you know, the long arm of Sarek might be playing a, a role in that. He is um, his father's son. He is. He really
4: is. But he chooses his numbing agent, so
0: At least here. <laughs> you yeah, see he Cicero is losing it. it? <laughs> yeah, <I think> so <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> I oh,
2: guess
4: sorry I derailed your very nice question about Ethan that.
2: <laughs> All I gotta say about that is Oh
4: yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. There
1: it is.
0: Well, I'll give Cicero a second. Um <laughs> think you need uh Ty what's your take on uh, on on Ethan Peck's performance here and how he embodies Spock uh
3: yeah I don't I don't know if I have a ton uh, to say about it I really like him he's really easy to accept in the role I think uh, when I go back and watch TOS like it is sort of hard to see how you get from one to the other for me um but I mean, that's part of the fun of watching. And also, like, I'm fine with that not being an answer with, like, a uh, a question with, like, a crystal clear answer. um, Like, one was it TV show made, like, what is it, 65 years ago now or something? Like, yeah, it's just been a long time. You know what I mean? Like,
0: it's kind of fine for there to be, like, a couple almost, of. Almost 57. Yeah.
3: And, like, you know, I just watched TOS and, like, there's so many things that are just so clearly different about every aspect of the way that the crew interacts with one another and the ship and the technology. And like, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you're suspending disbelief in so many ways. Like, it's not a big deal to be like, yeah, they're, they're updating this character a little bit. Right. If you want to consider that a retcon or whatever, that's fine. Um, And, and maybe that's not how you feel. Maybe, maybe you feel like they can pull off like a perfectly clean continuity between what they're doing in strange new worlds and the character you know and love from TOS. But like, As somebody who's not really like invested in whether that happens or not, like, yeah, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, I I think he's a good Spock, but I also thought like Zachary Quinto, that's his name, right? Was a good Spock. Quinto. Um, um, Quinto. And I, you know, I I, I go back and watch TOS and I'm like,
2: man, this guy's boring.
3: Like, you know, like (laughs) me boy is the (laughs) most boring (laughs) Spock to me. So,
2: wow, it's like burning (laughs) a draft card. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah it is, it. well it's, it's not even <laughs> close guys like i know that you like the show but like you gotta go back and watch it like, nemois
2: is subtle but if you look go back and look at the cage and look at that spock i think that's the spock that they're teasing with strange new worlds i think the continuity continuity will make yeah, sense t-
0: that i that i do see yeah, yeah. that actually but right is, now I it's like
2: realized. too different Really two different Spock's.
0: Michael Shabon broke this wide open with the Q&A short trek that depicted Spock's first day aboard the Enterprise. Like, that was a conscious decision in the way that he wrote the interactions with number one. Uh, he's He actively went into it being like, okay, how do we reconcile the cage with the original series and the movies? And I thought he did a pretty solid job and that very much is a grandfather, so to speak, of Strange New Worlds. But I'll get back to... I'll get back to the the character of Spock momentarily. But Kyle, um, you already talked a little bit about, uh, you know, Ethan Peck's. But <laughs> especially considering your affinity for the franchise and your identification with Spock or the character like Spock, uh, how is this all coming together for you? Especially considering the more comedic side we did get to explore from this
2: icon. I... He's doing a good job as an actor. Uh, this is a really hard role to fill. Nimoy completely filled it out appropriately to the point where like, I'm a little suspicious of Zachary Quinto as, as a, as, as a an adequate Spock because Nimoy was so fun, uh, especially in the movies. For example, Star Trek four, Leonard Nimoy yes. Spock was chef's kiss. Um, mm-hmm. But if I had any reservations about how pack was going to, continue the continuity of this character i think this episode in particular put it to rest like the you have to be subdued emotionally you have to express the emotion and subdue it to play this kind of a character it's a really weird role um but watching him flower and open up and play with a lot of these different emotions sometimes like separated by seconds um it just shows me that this guy is going to land it completely like i'm not worried at all i think this might be our best Spock since Nimoy. And uh, by the end of Strange New Worlds, it'll all make perfect sense, Spock-wise.
3: Yeah, is this like a Kiev, Kiev situation with with Nimoy? I I always thought it was Leonard Nimoy.
2: Potato,
0: potato.
3: Nope.
0: No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Quinto, Quinto. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. Choose your poison. Mean um, Spock,
2: funny Spock, 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 Yelly Spock. Is there another Spock? There's old Spock. It's like Old Spice, but.
0: You know better,
1: (laughs) flirty Spock.
0: Flirty (laughs) Spock. It's it's been known to happen. Too Um, many (laughs)
1: Spocks. Too many (laughs) (laughs)
0: Spocks. Cicero, you alluded to one of the standout scenes, probably in this episode, involving Spock and the brother of his future best friend. Uh, Talk about that. Talk about Ethan Peck as Spock and how it's working out for you.
1: Well, it, yeah, it is. It, it's working, and it and, and it it does seem kind of blasphemous to say, uh, like you know, six years ago, it it it. Well, six years six years ago, I think it it I I'd said if they're gonna play, have Spock come back, it's got to be Zachary Quinto, right? He's the Spock. Um, so it seems blasphemous to come back now and say six years hence, eh, you know, Zachary Quintos like the third, third best Spock. But but by the time by the time we're done with Strange New Worlds, he will have played Spock the least. Yeah. Uh on screen, you know, out of all of he may have already by this yeah. point.
0: I think it just in terms of time I think like one right. time I think that's absolutely right. the
1: case yeah so um you know so I mean it it makes perfect sense that Ethan Peck has supplanted uh, in in people's mind the, the the next coming the second best right the 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 heir apparent um to to this character or, or at least the 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 rightful uh you know the 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 rightful heir to the throne of spock um and um i understand ties um i don't know uh, just i guess outrageous call of 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 saying that uh, he you know he may like peck more than Nimoy and and saying that you know, for your parents, uh, for you know, your parents, Chris, Rachel's parents, and even my parents, their favorite basketball player may have been Jerry West or uh, you know, uh, or Dr. J, the de facto best of all time, you know, whoever whoever it happened to be. Um, and then when we were growing up, it, it obviously was Michael Jordan and for Ezri, it will obviously be LeBron James, and it's not you know it's not anyone's fault that this has happened, but but as a result of people being able to see what has come before them, they're able to uh, imitate and then innovate on what they have seen previous to them and make whatever it was even better. For the people that were expecting one thing and getting that, and then some So, more.
2: not Predator, Predator 2, more like Alien, Aliens.
1: Aliens. That's correct. Mm. That is correct. Cool. Yeah. I like
2: that. I hate to say, but my parents do
3: not have a favorite basketball player. <laughs> uh, it's
1: just, that is, it's their loss, truly. Yeah. All right. True so, they can't, yeah, they can't uh, understand that analogy.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Let's let's move along with the plot. So Nurse Chapel convinces the Kirkovians to return Spock to normal by confessing to them her feelings for him. Spock is able to complete the ritual, which ends with him making a telepathic connection to his mother that shows him how difficult it is for a human to love a Vulcan. Um, I want to touch on Chapel a little bit. We've already talked about her um, so far but, like one thing the summary does is it completely glosses over the subplot regarding her attempt at a fellowship with the Vulcan Science Academy. Um, I feel like that provides a really nice bookend to this episode uh, in terms of like providing something of a rededication to her uh, her time serving aboard the enterprise. But, um you know, we've gotten so much with uh, with Chapel over the course of this show so far. Um, and Jess Bush is certainly making the character her own Kyle, I think you alluded to that already. Uh, does anybody want to chime in just on her addition to the cast? Because she had more to do here, uh, than maybe she has had in some other episodes. Uh, anybody want to add anything just about the way her character is being used? And of course the performance from Jess Bush.
1: Yeah, I'll just, I'll just say that, um, I think Chris, you're giving her a bit of a disservice by saying that she had more to do here in this episode than she had previously. I think that what she had to do here was very different from what she's had to do in previous episodes, even in this season, because she was, she was, she played a pivotal role in, uh, I, what was that? Episode two with her and Mbega. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know. Uh, So like that, I mean, that was, that was huge. And it it really gave some insight into who the character was and, and her relationship with, with Dr. Mbenga. Um, But, but now we also have uh, we, you know, now we also have like this other side of her um, that is embarrassed to have her friends look at her while she says this thing that they, that she knows they can clearly hear. Um, that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, the, the character and the portrayal are incredible. I think it is great that they, that they've updated the character and given the character some agency, um, so that, so that we can have a, a modern version of that character. And, uh, I I guess, like Ty, I have less of an affinity for who the character is in TOS um, because it is still, you know, fuzzy of you know of as much of the character as I've seen. Um, but yeah, but I, you know, I I love this, you know, this performance. Sure, um, and, and all and I mean to goes. say
0: by her having a little more to do is that. The previous subplot that you mentioned i feel like it was more in bengas than it was chapels whereas sure. here it's all chapels right and sure. she's she's coming in. that's all i meant to say i didn't mean yeah. to disc oh no man i was just busting
1: your balls oh well yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean
0: I, you yeah. think 100 episodes i'd be used to it by now right <laughs> he likes it he likes it <laughs> uh does anybody else want to chime in on, on i Chapel?
2: she hooked me the moment the first season episode where her and spock are having some kind of meal, and Spock's looking for advice, probably about to praying or whatever. Yeah, and she she laughs, and then the way she looks back up at Spock, and I was like, "You got me." Like I believe everything she's putting on the screen, and I really love it.
0: Sure, excellent. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, I I really want to touch on Amanda because we get whole. <laughs> oh come on! We all do. We all do. Come on! Don't don't make it weird.
4: Don't do that. Do uh, it. Go on. This is just because everyone. She smells
2: good. Keep going.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's canon now, apparently. Um,
3: yeah, I didn't take my nasal inhibitor today. Right? <laughs>
4: you've done look at what you've done Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. want to be on this show you were like you gotta come
1: on
0: yes i did and i do forever (laughs) you you
1: did
4: this (laughs) it's
0: my fault your actions are my fault
1: oh put Um, his nose in it
0: (laughs) (laughs) well just we get a whole new instances of time with amanda grayson uh with mia kirshner of course reprising the part from discovery uh obviously discovery was a little bit more about Amanda's relationship with Michael Burnham. We got some components of her relationship with Spock, but as someone who has called Spock one of my all-time favorite characters in fiction period, um, one of the things I just really love about the way that modern Trek has given more service to this very unique and pivotal relationship is uh, just in the, the components of the, compassion that we see uh f- that Amanda has for Spock the the things that Spock is now not it is refusing to leave unsaid by the time we get to the end of this episode Spock's tumultuous adolescence which has gotten pray, uh, play in s- other significant depictions of the character uh really come into the forefront here as well um how are you guys feeling about the use of Amanda particularly as sort of an amplifying presence for Spock uh where his challenging adolescence is is getting some additional play uh Kyle
2: I love it great callback to canon callback to the uh, original animated series Yes um Sp- a Spock getting bullied and I I love the insight we get like we know a lot about this family now <laughs> too much arguably and um I don't know. It, it's good. It's, it deepens the character in a really lovely way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very well said. Um, Rachel, Amanda Grayson.
4: I mean, I, I liked her in this episode. Glad she showed up. I kind of wish she'd gotten to interact with the new engineer whose name I forget Pelia. Yeah. yeah. Pelia. Because they're like buddies, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that probably was not salient to the episode, but. Would have been nice. Sure. But yeah.
0: Uh, Cicero, Amanda Grayson, and uh, how she helped her son through this.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was awesome. I think what's really interesting is to see the dichotomy between um, th- the performance and the like, the darkness that uh, both both of these characters had. Both uh, Amanda Grayson and Spock had in Discovery. Versus where they are here, talking about something that's equally as heavy, um, in in this episode of Strange New World, and and really talking about something that's not only heavy and, and but but personal, um, it, but still able to have fun with the things that were happening as they were happening um, you know, the, the whole training montage between, you know, her and and her son and teaching him how to lie and doing that with the captain's help and all, you know, all of those things um, were, you know, were definitely done uh, with a wink and a nod and their tongue in their cheeks. Um, but, but the, the stakes were still really heavy and very personal and, and to see the difference between those stakes and the stakes that we had in Discovery and and you know how much the characters were able to build and, and like show you as the viewer of themselves, uh, it's amazing how much more they're able to do here in in Strange New Worlds as opposed to Discovery.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure,
1: absolutely. Uh, Ty, what would you like
0: to add about Spock's mother?
3: Yeah, I just, the energy that they have together in this episode in particular, it's, it's like watching them together gives me the same feeling of comfort as like actually talking to and being with my mom. Like you just feel that she's 100% there for him. Like she's going to give whatever she can. And if she can't, she's going to figure out some way, you know, like you just, uh, really feel like, you know, if anybody like has a different relationship, or hasn't had the chance to have a relationship with their mom like that. Um, the feeling that you have of just like this reassurance, right? And it's not, it's not like just this blind, like oh, honey, you could do anything, right? Like at some point she realizes, like you're not going to pull this off, right? And like kind of, they kind of have to like adapt to the strategy. Like she's a realist but she's just there for him like a hundred percent. Right. And it's not right. about her. It's about him. And she's not trying to inject herself. She's just there to do what she can. And it's just, yeah, it was a cool, uh, really like uh, great kind of like uh, counterbalance to the whole comedy thing um, that I felt that that energy and love between them uh, was just uh, great to watch. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. Excellent. Well, uh, let's f- finish out the plot here. So Spock reveals the ruse to call out to Prill's bigotry. Offended that Spock hid his condition from her, Pring asks to take a break. They were on a break from their relationship. Spock later admits to Chapel that he also has feelings for her. And in a summary that is just written so factually and kind of coldly, and they kiss, period end of show. (laughs) Um, Nice. I guess the thing, you know, we've talked about their relationship and how it folds into the canon and, and just kind of the cool callbacks and the, the way that the performers are making the characters their own. I guess the thing that I'm most curious about was this an earned moment? Um, Because I can sort of see maybe some people thinking maybe it's not. I personally felt it was, Uh, But how are you guys feeling? Was this an earned moment between Spock and Nurse Chapel?
2: Kyle? 100%. We not only hinted at what was going to happen in season one several times, but this simmer between Spock and Chapel has been going on since the original series. We've been waiting more than half a century for them to, to, to do the whale thing. 100%. (laughs) Hundred <laughs> percent.
1: The whale thing. I guess a question uh, that. Hundred percent. That's what it's called now. We're whaling. The whale, whale. whale thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A whaling <laughs> expedition. Oh. Yeah. Whaling. Oh boy,
2: it smells nice, right? <laughs> yep.
1: yep.
0: <laughs> like blubber. Episode one hundred. Um, <laughs> I, I guess a, an additional question I'll throw your way, Kyle, is related to to canon because, arguably, like the most substantive interaction that telegraphs the uh the spiciness I guess between Spock and Chapel was in the naked time. Uh what kind of context do you think this now newly established pre-existing relationship could give to those kinds of things?
2: Uh I think it changes it quite a bit. I, I, as I've been watching Strange New Worlds, I've been fantasizing about when the show is finally over because I think I'm going to watch Chronologically, Strange New Worlds, and I'm gonna let it intentionally color all of TOS. And I think it will. You know, mm. I, I think all the Spock Chapel stuff is gonna be viewed in a very different light now.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 actually looking forward to that too. So uh we, we might have to compare notes when when the time comes ultimately. Yeah. Uh yeah. Ty, was this an earned moment for you?
3: Yeah, absolutely, for all the reasons that Kyle said, but I also really thought like like I've mentioned a couple times, this this moment between Spock and T'Pring uh, was was really effective for me and like the vulnerability that it creates within Spock makes this moment between him and Chapel totally make sense to happen right here. And part of the sting for me about the thing with T'Pring is like this is right after T'Pring does this amazing job of standing up for spock like after the memory um like she's like your input is not needed the ceremony has concluded right like and she gets her mom to like back off and like leave spock alone about this personal thing and like even as she is doing that right like the the next step is like she knows like you just did this big reveal in front of everybody and the one person in the room who didn't know other than my parents was was me and like so she has to write like kind of put herself in that situation of standing up for spock against her parents knowing that she's about to tell spock she has to take a break and to bring is so alone in this situation um and yeah it just it just all really got me and and all of that makes the the kiss between uh you know spock and chapel makes sense. And it also makes it uh, more complicated.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Cicero, was this an earned moment from your perspective?
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, to echo what everyone else is saying, uh, I'm, I'm really fascinated by Ty's perspective, and I never even thought about that, but he's completely right about it. The one thing that I wanted to add to uh, this conversation was the I think that Spock's love for Chapel is intensified by his realization of what Vulcans have done to loving humans in the form of his mother and in addition to the way that Chapel knowing the the type of xenophobic um, behaviors that that Vulcans openly um, exhibit experienced, by making herself open and available and vulnerable to Vulcans, only for them to deny her even, you know, even though she didn't, you know, like she, she did something even better, right? Like she still won in the end, but I think that uh, Spock recognized something in her that he finally recognized, was able to recognize, experience, and acknowledge in his mother, and he adores his mother, and as a result is transferring some of that love, rightfully so, into into Nurse Chapel.
0: Mm-hmm. Excellent.
3: I feel like if the writers were listening to this, they'd be like,
1: yes! Yeah. Because, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's good,
0: it's good <laughs> writing. Yeah, definitely. Rachel, is this an earned moment for you? But also, I w- would you care to comment on T'Pring and her, her feelings? Obviously, probably pretty justified. Is she more justified for calling Calafi in a mock time
4: after what happened here? Is that her coworker?
0: No, Stan is her coworker. worker Oh, yeah. Punchable face Stan. in both Strange New Worlds and in TOS, by okay. the way. No, that's the the challenge.
4: Oh, the challenge. Also,
0: too, I mean, she did see Jim Kirk, so maybe at that point she was just like, "Oh well, got to right. go." With Kirk. You
2: see, you see, but
0: yeah, it, it's just natural, right? But in, was this an earned moment between Spock and Chapel? And also, how are you feeling about T'Pring, especially considering how we know the relationship ends?
4: Um, I mean, yes, I think for with regards to it being a earned moment yes for all the reasons that everyone else stated very eloquently i don't really have a lot to add there um for to i i feel like spock is probably needs to do a few more uh jerk moves um <laughs> to, to, before it gets to a battle to the death yeah to fully justify it or maybe she just you know i, I don't know if vulcans fall in love or whatever just just decides that Ston is better and that's just the whole fallen for the coworker. Whole thing. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, my new coworker just just told me, you know what he told me? He said, you know, I tried to watch TNG, but I took I couldn't get into it. And I was like Oh, Ooh. oh well. So <laughs> no Chris. worries about me falling for anything. Yeah, right, right. Well Saved you
0: know,
4: by that track. is
0: something Yeah, well always. Um does anybody have any perspective about just like the way that that relationship is structured? Because it seemed like her parents arranged it mostly because of who Sarek is. And Sarek's right. not even here. Right. So does that add any wrinkles to the way that you guys perceive this arrangement between Spock and Teprin? It,
2: Yes. It's a bit of a foreshadow for Spock because like Vulcans are very traditional. And it gets in their own way and they worship logic and it doesn't, it's not a thing you should center your life on. And that's the whole point of Spock as a character, but like Spock wants to be a Vulcan and he holds to that tradition. And this is the struggle for him Uh, because otherwise he's really strange. He's in Starfleet. He smells half human. He, (laughs) you know, like he's already kind of an eccentric character. His dad was weird and like, you know, he's already like in a space for Vulcan society where he's kind of an outcast or he could be. But he himself doesn't feel that way. He's like, I'm just trying to get back to the Vulcan center. Like he doesn't figure this out till Star Trek one, really. And so, like, I yeah. think that's sort of, that's the reason he's going through the motions of an arranged marriage. Um, It's because it's tradition and that's just for Vulcan too. They don't question it. It's logical.
0: Mm-hmm. So almost like against the odds, they develop a deeper sense of connection to each other, at least based on the context that we get in this show. Yeah. I mean, cause
1: well, I, yeah. I, I go, ahead, go they've, ahead.
2: You know, it's like arranged marriages in India. Like somehow it works, you know, yeah, they, yeah. right. you know, people reala- realize they're in a space together and they, they make it work. And I think Vulcans probably yep. do the same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, just editorializing a little bit. I mean, that's honestly one of the things that I do really love about this show and the fact that we do get, more adventures with Prime Spock is that I mean Kyle you're absolutely right like he Spock for his entire life is in a battle between his human and Vulcan halves and he doesn't lay down that sword until the first movie you know when he comes to that realization and he realizes the the uniqueness the subculture of one as Captain Picard might say uh that's when he finally is at peace with who he is. And it starts a whole other phase of his life that we have the fortune to observe through the 2009 movie, a little bit in into darkness, but not much where he is at, he's completely at peace with who he is and, uh, and the uniqueness that he brings to the table and the value that he recognizes his humanity brings to his Vulcan upbringing. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason I love the show is that we're just getting more from Spock and seeing how that battle played out because before like it was pretty substantive i mean one performer over 50 years sure you're going to get a lot of good material especially a performer of leonard nimoy's caliber but just as a continuity hound for one of my favorite characters ever this is just this is a treat that i never thought we would get and uh and it's in a show that i wanted for most of my life too so that's just cherry on top but um really appreciate it uh i think we're gonna go forego pedantic continuity time and i've done this before because guys guys in memory alpha do better not very good call outs here they're very like be, like the, the, their their relationship ended in a mock time we know that's not that's not why i go to memory alpha come on do do better
4: oh, isn't that a wiki <laughs> yeah you could be the be the change you wish be to, the see
0: change in the want world. to see in the world yeah, yeah. Well, Kyle, thanks again for, for joining us. Are there any updates you'd care to share about the forthcoming Kirk essay that's going to be hitting your expertise?
2: Still working on it. Uh, it's going to be really lovely. Love letter to Kirk.
0: Excellent. Oh, well, I'm already very interested then. Um, thank you to Cicero, of course, my friend, for being here from the beginning. Rachel, thank you for being here from the beginning. You didn't have as much of a choice, but still, thank you. <laughs>
1: Uh, (laughs) this (laughs) (laughs) This, this is a range podcast Wow!
0: (laughs) and of of, of course thank you to ty for joining us uh as a part of the family an invaluable one at that Uh, although i am admittedly sweating some bullets because of the way that ty is reporting his perspectives on the movies so by the time he gets to my favorite movie i'm like uh uh-oh Maybe he's gonna <laughs> really hate that movie and then see me as lesser because it's my favorite of the Star Trek films. You're talking about but, six after five. I'm he's gonna be begging you. for six. No, I'm not talking about five. I'm talking about six. yeah, yeah. He'll I'm be
2: begging about. for six after five. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think everybody was. Yeah. <laughs> but
0: um, you know, before we
1: sign Chris, off. Oh, yeah. Before before you sign off, uh, signing us off. I want to thank you. Um, as I've done in the past, I'll do again, um, for the 100th time, uh, for, for coming up with this idea and having the forethought to, um, you know, marry well and, and also, um, you know, befriend, uh, a a great human in Zaki Hassan and, uh, for allowing me to come on the ride, uh, um, you know, pouring out a little Romulan ale for Zachy, who couldn't be here. Um, but I think of him every time we sit down to record, and he is missed always. Love you, brother. And yes. uh, hopefully he hears that. So,
0: yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, my friend. It wouldn't be the same ride without you. I really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, also a good shout out to some of our uh, esteemed guests that we've had the, yes. the good fortune of having on this show authors like john jackson miller and dayton ward and of course i would be absolutely remiss if i didn't mention the late great dave gallanter who uh joined discovery debrief a few times and who unfortunately isn't around anymore but a wonderful addition and uh you know we've had a lot of good friends that have have shown up over the years javi trujillo who recently showed up great addition uh, for conversations related to star trek zach moore Had a fun conversation with him during the season of Picard. Uh, And hopefully, you know, I'm forgetting several and I'm sorry, but hopefully you'll come back. Hopefully we'll have many more to come before we sign off. I just also want to offer words of gratitude for everyone who's supported this show over the years. It's hard to believe, but Debrief has been a part of our lives for nearly six years now. Uh And the Star Trek fandom has continued to prove during that entire time that it's just it's just the best. You know, I'm a, I'm a, a card carrying member of several fandoms and Star Trek is the one that always makes me feel better at the end of the day. You know, if I'm if I'm down a rabbit hole uh, of doom scrolling, if I manage to fall into a Star Trek pit, it always usually tends to pick my feelings up. You know, there's some exceptions, of course, but by and large. I mean, Star Trek fans are forward thinking, compassionate people, all united by a humanistic outlook that often manages to improve my day. Whenever I encounter fellow fans or those who have called us a Star Trek podcasting home, it's much appreciated. Thank you to everyone for your support over a hundred episodes, and I hope you continue to join us on the journeys ahead. But that being said, that's going to do it for episode number 100 <laughs> of Discovery Debrief. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please like and follow us on our social media channels. And if you'd be so kind, we'd also appreciate it. If you wrote a review for the show, wherever you found it, it only takes a minute and let us know if you wrote one and we'll be happy to read your review on the air when it's posted. If you have any questions, you can follow the show on Twitter at DSC debrief and feel free to send us questions through that platform or by emailing us at hailing at discovery Please be sure to set your courses for this feed for future episodes And be sure to join us next time as we begin the next 100 and as we discuss another adventure in the fabled legacy of the name Enterprise. As always, though, until we meet again, please, times 100, go boldly, my friends.